0: So, welcome to episode one of Scouse Thailand Adventures. Um, I'm Johnny, and the reason I started this podcast was actually there's a few reasons. Um, I've been, you know, I've struggled with my mental health as a younger person, and you know, still do occasionally. And I just wanted to um, use some of tell some of the stories of you know how I tackled that, and also what got me out of those places, um, and some of the adventures I've had uh, whilst. Uh, you know, dealing with my mental health issues and some of the adventures I've had in my escape to Thailand. Um, My aim for this, I don't know how big it's going to go. The original idea I had was from, I've been listening to a lot of Adam Buxton's podcasts, and he's had some really good guest stars. Um, He's had like Billy Connolly, uh, Steve Coogan was on, uh, you know, people who I know in their earlier life have struggled with, you know, problems and, it's just quite a uh, it's quite a journey to listen to them and see, for example, the people they are and how they've got to the stages in their life. Um, yeah, so I shouldn't tell. I'm Scouse. And I've, well, obviously, this podcast called Scouse Thailand Adventures. So if there's, there's going to be a lot of erms and there's going to be a lot of uh, strong accents that a lot of Southern people won't be able to understand. But, you know, do your best. I'll try my best to slow my words down and to speak nice and clearly. Um so I'm just going to give a bit of background. So I was actually a uh I used to work as a PE teacher and IT technician in a primary school um a couple of years ago as well as working some nights in a Chinese. I used to do a bit in the kitchen, I used to wait on the tables. Um and I used to uh, run some I used to run some events as well for a company I knew and basically They, uh, so I was kind of working three jobs and in, you know, you become part of that kind of cycle in the UK where you are just doing, you're basically working to live and, you know, what happened to me was I found myself becoming in this unhappy place and, you know, there was, I have, you know, I've had family issues in the past and altogether it all leads up to uh, you having some, you know, kind of issues that you struggle to deal with. Um. So what I want to do is just uh, talk about what took me to Thailand in the first place, why I went there um, and you know where where I decided to go. So t- going to go back to 2018 was the first time I went to uh, my first trip to Thailand on my own. And I literally, so as I say, I worked in the school and I was due to go on to a 52 week contract for the following year because I was going on to an apprenticeship scheme through them which they were, it meant I wouldn't have had the school holidays. So I thought, well, you know, this is my last six-week holiday. Why not use it to its full advantage? So I decided to take myself off, off to uh, Thailand, to do a bit of volunteering. and My plan was to go to Singapore and then head to China. And we had such a bit of a faff around trying to organise all of that um, because I literally planned it about a month before the holidays began. And my plan was to leave, you know, the last day of term. Um so, back in two thousand and eighteen, I found this company called g v i Online um, and they seem to do this these volunteering schemes all around the world i have done a bit of volunteering in Peru when I was a bit younger, and I thought, you know what that that seems like that seems like me I could do that. so I thought to myself, Well, what the hell book that, book the flights um, and as a kid i 'd always I remember going to Singapore with my family. I just remember the tropical climate. I actually remember doing a—it was a night safari there, which i uh, will will tell you about in another podcast. But since going back there, I realised it's—you know—it's not something that I'm entirely comfortable with anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I just remember this childhood dream of mine wanting to go back and, you know, recapture that feeling I had when I was first there as a child. So as I say, I took myself off, and the plan was to go to Singapore, and then during the working in the chinese restaurant I, i'm very close still am with the owners i'm hopefully ha- gonna have phil one of my boss on for a bit of a a bit of a talk on just how he sees things and how he perceives things um he's a amazing guy he's a bit of a guru for me personally but yeah so uh we sort of i i uh planned this trip and i was planning to go and stay with uh, my other boss peggy um her her mom she lives in the uh in the Guangzhou region of china so i sorted out my chinese visa with the help with the help from my dad and he um he actually had to go down to the visa office like a week before and it was a big you know kerfuffle uh to use the little britain phrase uh trying to get it sorted uh he managed to in the end go to an agent in Man- the manchester office in and uh for the chinese visa office and sorted me a visa out um with next day collection so I had that. I had my Thai visa sorted, which was a pretty easy process because I realised there was an embassy in Liverpool that deal with it, and they can deal with um, any sort of uh, any sort of visa inquiries pretty instantly. So I um, had this trip planned. It was all ideal. I, you know, I felt really proud of myself. I planned this trip. I was taking myself away from you know the place I hadn't felt too good, which was you know back at home where I was working these three jobs. And I kind of said to, you know, all of my all of my employers, well, I'm going away this time. You know, I'll be back in six weeks time and then I'm yours again. I can, you know, do whatever you need me to. So I just remember partial nervousness, partial excitement. I didn't really know what I was letting myself in for um, and just went with the flow. And I'd say to anyone, any any young person now thinking they want to travel, but they don't know entirely how to do it. I definitely recommend GVI as a company. But I'd also say to them, just, you know, have the bottle, grab life with both hands and just say, you know, why not? You, you, you're you literally, you do only live once. And I think um, during this whole pandemic, it's the actual restrictions, it's made a lot of people think, oh, I wish I'd gone and done that now. I wish I could have done that. But, you know, there will. I'm pretty sure there'll come a day when you can go and do that again. And as I say, you know, while you're young, while you're, you know, young, free and single, go out and do everything, get a... As much experience as you can so um to my first my first adventure so i um set off manchester airport and my flight went through on the way out i stopped in oh taking me back now uh qatar on the way there i think i think it was qatar followed uh then you go to bangkok and then you know got my last last flight to chiang mai and i remember there's this uh the, the only other english get well you know, the only other Western guy I could see on the plane was this, you know, this little short guy, uh, wide frame um, and, you know, a bit of a ginger beard, um bit of a, you know, sort of very, very pasty English fella. I thought he, he looks English, not someone, you know, I'd go and speak to. And this is a big part of this, uh, the whole uh, going out and meeting people in Thailand. I've realized that people, people that I'd look at first and think, you know, I don't think I'm going to talk to you much. You start to realize, oh my god, I can't believe you know, I can't believe I didn't used to know this person. That you know, such a such an interesting person, a person that I'm you know so happy I've met and so so I've to experience and be in their life, and uh, that's you know this. So I, we I land I land in Chiang Mai and um, I I come out the I come out the airport and there's a guy right in front of me, you know hair whizzed back. Um, and he looks at me and he says, are you, are you Jonathan? And I'm like, uh, in his, you know, th- thick, southern, charming, posh accent, uh, which, you know, you'll, I'm hoping this, so this was, uh, in fact, the man, the myth, the legend, Oliver Jenner. and um, um, I'm hoping I can maybe get him on for a bit of a, uh, talk sometime if he's ever free. Um, he's one of the hardest people to track down, but he's, um, so he was the, the set, the set, probably the second person or the first person I met properly, I didn't actually meet the guy on the plane who was, uh, Conan Boyer, who I'm still in contact with, I'm still in contact with most people I've met in Thailand, um, so yeah, we, I land and he says to me, I say, he says, you must be, uh, Jonathan, yeah, 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 so he says, come and wait with me, um, we've just got to pick up one more and then we'll take you back to the hotel, so we, uh, we wait and then this ginger guy comes through with his bag and I think, oh, should have known. He was the other volunteer, the other, only other Western on the plane. Um, we both meet at Chiang Mai Airport. This is my first time. It's weird talking about it because I still remember, like, it's yesterday, despite the fact I've been to that airport you know countless times now. Um, so we proceed to get in a Sung Tao, which is the, uh, the, the... If anyone's been to Southeast Asia, you'll know that they're the, the rides you can get around. the These red trucks, uh, open door at the back, two benches on the sides, and then the, the car's kind of a separate bit at the front. Really handy way to get around Southeast Asia. Um, yeah, so me and um, me and this G- Connor, and o- o- uh, I'll call him Ollie because, you know, that's what I call him, so I'm going to reference him as, as Ollie, uh, are in the back of the Sung Tower, and there's this one other guy, an American guy, and I just assume that him and this Ollie are both staff for GVI. This guy's called um, Kai. His full name, as he liked to tell us every time we introduced ourselves to new people, is... Kieran Patrick, Thomas, McCracken Allen, Um but he said call him Kai because it's a lot simpler. And um yeah, Kai was a Kai's a great guy. We uh I, I really I got very fond of Kai as well. As I did, there's very I mean there's virtually no one from that I've met over in Chiang Mai that I've not enjoyed the company of. Um but yeah, so as I say, I me, Kai, Ollie, uh Connor, all in the back of this Sun Tao on our way to the hostel. So we get to the the hostel, and I'm sort of still going along with the flow. You know, this is my first time away. I'm not really sure, do I go and do my own thing? Do I go and, um, you know, do I hang around and wait for these guys to do something with me? And it was very much then I realised the freedom, because I got there, and that was when I met the third, the third, my third person from GVI, my third encounter, who still now, I'm just very, um, uh, someone who... I wouldn't contact him for any small talk because he doesn't do that, but I would uh, contact him for a beer if I ever wanted one. And this is Miles Davis. He's my um, he's the assistant. Man- well, of um, what I found out, I, when I when I meet uh, Miles, he um, is sat around the pool playing ping pong, Chang in his Chang beer in his hand. I think uh, I think he had a Hawaiian with no shirt on, um, very short pair of you know swim shorts, six pack. Um, he'd be very proud that I've said that. Um, he'd be very, he'd be, His head might explode as well. Um, and he's there, he you know, gets chatting to him. And I just assumed he was a guy that Ollie knew from the hotel. But it was later I found out he's actually the assistant manager from the project. And I already, as soon as I arrived, I thought, this is quite a chill out pro- project. I don't know, obviously, I don't know what this village is like I'm supposed to be going to. Um, I'd applied for it and it was a village out in the middle of nowhere. I'm thinking very much I'm going to be out on the sticks um wasn't expecting to spend my first day where ollie says to me and connor he's gonna go and watch a film at the cinema and i thought oh thailand go to the cinema didn't click in my head i just thought oh that's i didn't expect to be in there um it was actually so the film we were planned on seeing was i think it was ant-man it was either it was the second ant-man ant-man and the wasp and i thought it was i i follow i do follow all the marvel films like religiously and I thought, when, as soon as he said that, I was like, yeah, well, count me in. I've, you know, I thought I was going to have to miss it being here. Um, we didn't actually watch it in the end. We got to the mall. And after getting a big slap-up meal at this really fancy restaurant there, because I'm, you know, fresh off the plane in Thailand, thinking everything costs buttons. Um, because once you convert the pound to baht, I think at the time I was getting 42 baht to the pound, which was really good. I think it's gone down to about 39 currently but um yeah so we get this really good meal i think i had a I can't, uh, from what i remember i had a big portion of a big pizza it was and we ordered some uh, we ordered a couple of beers at the restaurant which um was i think we just missed the uh cutoff because in thailand if you've ever been you they do have a drinking curfew which is from uh it's about two to two to five in the daytime uh, i think it's really just that but yeah, so we um, we head there, and then as we're heading up through this mall, and I'm just so shocked at the you know this infrastructure in Thailand. I've I've come over to I think and I'm gonna be walking around the streets, seeing temples, and heading to this village out in the middle. And now we're in this you know really fancy mall, head up to the top floor, and Kai says let's go to the arcade. So we the four of us, me, Connor, Ollie, and Kai, end up in this arcade, and I just remember thinking this is so surreal. I, you know I wasn't expecting to be here. Um getting to know all you know these these other three lads really well uh quickly learning Connor's a real you know rough and ready lad from uh, rugby England. Kai was this very sort of a very strange character very i'm 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 hesitant to describe him in any word because he's just a very unique character I've never met anyone like kai um and then when i'm uh when i think about ollie ollie was this you know classic posh boy from uh devon he had this charming accent who could you know charm charm anyone to death um and as we as i say we um we yes yeah, so we all uh kai get us up all all up on this uh dance machine and we ended up having these my first day in thailand we're having dance competitions on this arcade machine and it's just was such a such a good moment i'm thinking you know it was i was literally on it was holiday mode then i was thinking this is so sorry i'm used to living this structured life where i you know go from one job to the other i'm home in a certain time you know I, I didn't drink at home i you know didn't really go out socially unless it was to go to the gym or occasional meals out if i could make them uh you know rushing from work and i'm hopefully going to get my friend joanne um it's another person i'm in- introducing you to a lot of people in this first podcast but you'll meet them all along, all along the way um joanne is this uh she's she's probably one of my closest friends from uh back home uh we both she we bonded over her. she I opened up to her a lot about some family issues and a lot about my mental health and Joanna's sort of she's someone who can tell you can understand and she doesn't just sit there and listen all the time she tells you how you know she she sort of has this reassuring voice to her and she also it's very special in how she actually um how she actually is able to understand my mindset and understand how I perceive things sometimes and she'll she'll know how I'm feeling just by me describing a story or me telling her an event she'll know that sometimes you know if I've said an event and how I perceived it she'll know how it actually happened and I'm hoping to get her on as a guest sometime we can talk about some of our experiences and uh, some of the runs that we go on where I can talk non-stop and she has to listen to me all the time um while struggling to breathe as I you know run and talk which somehow i've got a weird talent for uh yeah so back to good old chiang mai i'm you know in this city finished in the arcade um you know part of me was thinking well i kind of came to expectancy and man but i'm not disappointed because i've still had a good day you know um head head back that night and that's when we uh have our orientation meeting so we i think i i got a shower when i got back you know I had another dip in the pool um head to the orientation where uh, with so this is ollie and miles and this was the point the turning point when miles showed up to give the orientation meeting and i realized he said hi i'm miles i'm the assistant manager um and his deep you know his deep deep american voice just like uh really really cool and i'm thinking this guy is you know he's too cool for his own good so i i just uh as i say we he him and ollie both gave the the risk set they gave us a few risk assessments just on what's where uh, and then Told us about the elephants, told us a bit about what to expect from the village. And all it did was, you know, excite me more. I'm thinking, I can't wait to be in this place. I, you know, my kind of ideal place is to be out in the middle of the sticks. You know, cold shower, living, sort of sleeping on the floor kind of thing. Um, surrounded by nature, that's my ideal lifestyle. I know it's not for everyone, um, which is understandable. But yeah, so um, we, we head out. we, we after, the, after the presentation, we head for a meal um, just in the same hotel. Have this, you know, lovely meal. I'm thinking first night. I, I'm no, I'm I'm noticing like, I not, I noticed um, some of the some of the other people thought oh, to order the, the chicken and fries because I thought, and I'm looking thinking yeah I can tell you you you're clearly worried about um, getting you're clearly worried about coming coming to this village thinking you're not going to see fries again for ages, and I I was very much of the attitude I'm in Thailand, I'm going to order the local dish give us a pad Thai so I had a pad Thai on my first night there and it was really delicious. Um and once you get when if you ever been if you ever go to Thailand you'll realise that you can get pad thai from a million different places and never two no two will ever be the same. There there's always something different, they always change something. Um yeah, so they uh they and also during this presentation and the meal I'd met the other parts of my intake who were so there was already me and Connor who I knew and another guy, um, Elliot and uh, Elliot was twenty one, um, you know, young real Real geezer from Coventry. Um, and I, you know, I got on with... Uh, once we... Uh, he's such another another person I'm extremely close with now. And he's one of those people I feel any day I could just think, ah, oh, well, let me give him a call. See how Elliot's doing. Uh, lovely guy. Um, and then we met the three girls on the intake as well. So it was equal balance. Three lads, three girls. Uh, we had this girl, Anya, from Germany. She was very quiet, Anya. I didn't get to know her as well as I wish I could have. Um, and there was a girl from Belgium, Zante, um, really pretty girl. Uh, Zante is, she was a medical student from Belgium and she's still someone who, um, her English wasn't, you know, at the level to understand my Scouse accent. Um, she used to just say, uh, oh, uh, yes. And like, I'd sort of go along thinking, oh, she's, she's understood me there. But after a while I realized she was just saying, "go oh, yes, all the time. Um, yeah, so we, so we met Zante. And I also met Tatum then, and Tatum's this really nice. Got on with Tatum very well. A uh, Canadian girl, um, from, and let me see if I can say this right, Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan. Um, I'm go- we're going to go with Saskatchewan, and she was uh, a veterinary. She was actually trained to be a vet, uh from yeah. So she was over in uni- university in Canada, um, and you know, as my um a phrase that my friend Lewis always says is uh, when he constantly uses. Lovely Gale, a lovely Gale, you know, lovely Gale. He's a very, uh, he's got it, he's an old man at heart, Lewis. Um, I'm going to see if he'll do an episode with me at some time. He's a bit shy though, Lewis. He, and um, Yeah, another person I'm going to introduce you to. He's another really close friend from home. He came to Peru with me back in 2016. And since then, we've been really good friends. We both have a big love of superheroes and we both also um, enjoy um it's you know spending our time going for meals we have our little little bro dates as we call them or little man dates um and he's a, a real close friend of mine but yeah so we're back to back again to thailand we'll return to chiang mai um where so i'm that night uh quite a few of the crowd were heading out into the town and as i said i didn't really drink at home and obviously i didn't go out socially as much so i'm a bit skeptical thinking oh, i'll you know kind of want to Get some sleep, as it's my, um, you know, one of my first nights out. Um, so I think to myself, I don't want to, you know, spend um, spend too much, spend too much time out, and then be knackered for this five-hour journey we were told about for the next day. So that's when I um, I headed to bed. I think me and Tatum were the only vol- volunteers on the new intake who stayed in that night, whilst um, I think everyone else headed out, and I actually headed to a Ladyboy show that night. Um, and this is when one of these. so this is probably the first funny experience i had in thailand um and this is takes me takes me to the morning so i i remember i was sharing a room with was it a south african guy that that morning this was yeah is this this south african guy in my room because in eco it was uh despite the fact it was really nice you could get like private rooms if you wanted but they put us in these hostel rooms which you would normally share in with another person um, there's quite a few organisations that use that that pla at that resort. Um, Eco has a lovely pool as well. If you if you get a chance to go to Shanghai and you're looking for a nice pool to go and chill in during the day, Eco Resort really good. Um, so we yes, yeah, so I I'm I'm woken that morning. This guy had left in the morning, so I was on my own. Wake up to a knock on the door, and as I um, I sort of you know get out my bed, open the door, and there's Connor stood in front of me. This you know ginger rough and ready guy and he says sorry mate you you got a key and he like slurring his words and clearly i was I, straight away i was thinking all right he's still he's he clearly only just got in from his night out and he and I said no sorry connor I'm, not, I'm sorry sorry mate i've not got a key and so he says i said you need to probably go to reception he's oh okay he said, yeah. staggers off into the distance and i'm like yeah, okay comes back to my room about 10 15 minutes later says to me oh all right johnny, all right, johnny um I suppose you've got a key to my room. And I said, oh, I was, you know, slurring his words all the way. But this time when he came to my door, he was soaking wet. His clothes were drenched through. I couldn't work out whether he'd gone for a shower in his clothes in the shared bathrooms or simply just fell in the pool. Still to this day, he was, you know, too drunk to realise. So I think in the end, I directed him to the office where he was able to, you know, find the uh, find the receptionist, get her to take him to to his room, and which then he went in. So uh, I didn't see Connor for the remainder of the morning there and I, I headed down to the breakfast where it was like a breakfast buffet at Eco Resort and all the other volunteers for the for the new intake were there and Ollie had turned up. Now, little did I know, Ollie was hungover as well, but Ollie has this uh, amazing habit of recovering. He is able to, you know, go to bed at six in the morning, get up at half past six, feeling tip-top and ready to go for the day. Uh, hair slick back again. Um, so we, we arrive and Ollie's given us this um, risk assessment, which, funny enough, is all about don't you know get drunk and behave like an idiot on project and stuff like that, which uh, at that point, Connor staggers into the room wearing a rugby top as a pair of pants with one leg through the head and one leg through the arm, uh, tied in a knot around his waist with no shirt on, uh, staggering over to the table um, where we were eating breakfast with a plate of some mismatch of egg, watermelon and something else i think it was these like uh hot dog style sausages at the time and um ollie just turns to everyone he says so basically guys just don't be like that and points his finger at connor um and that was just it set the tone for the whole kind of trip i thought up oh, there's you know this is kind of we're all sort of laughing and joking there's no sort of ser- there's obviously you know it's a level of seriousness on the project but at the same time they realize we're all adults, and as long as we keep having a good time and no one takes it too far, it's going to be a good laugh um so we can, so we continue then to get on the bus, which the the whole journey to the village which i'll um I'll, I'll run through quick with you now, it involves a trip to Tesco, and that is yeah Tesco same same as uh, the u k They've got a massive massive Tesco store, really good to buy you know all your ingredients, all your um, all the stuff you really want um so we uh we headed to you had to tesco first followed but well, that's about 40 minutes now probably less than that about 20 minutes away from eco um after that you head to meichem which is like the small town which is the at the nearest stop to the village it's the nearest big town to the village which i say big it's about two main streets and loads of little market stores and little market restaurants a uh, lovely town i've been there many times um, and then after that, you head, uh, so that's about two hours from Chiang Mai, uh, two to three hours. And then the village from Mei Chem is about an hour and a half. So altogether, the journey's about, uh, four to five hours, you know, uh, give or take, if, um, whoever's driving, and um, whichever vehicle, 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 vehicle you're in. Used to used to say there. Um, yeah, so we headed through to, we headed through to, um, Tesco then and, You know, that was where we started to meet some of the other volunteers there. And I didn't, I didn't, uh, I don't remember meeting a lot of them. I remember seeing people and thinking, oh, uh, you know, you're, yeah, I'll I'll chat to you. And one of the clear ones I do remember meeting is this uh, really tall blonde. um, Like when I say tall, like I'm just on six foot. She was a good four inches taller than me, maybe five. Um, And the reason I remember so clearly is because she had this big cast around her leg, this big, um, you know, plastic boot. Uh, I was walking on crutches, uh, which later I'll tell you the story for that another time. But this was Georgia, so Georgia, Georgia Ritchie, shout out to her. Um, I'd get her on as a guest appearance because she's a really good person to talk to, but she's um also in Australia right now, which is you know a bit tricky. So uh, yeah, Georgia was um, Georgia was the, this really tall. I call her my um, excuse the language, Aussie bitch auntie, because she was you know one of these people who says it how it is. Um, but she had a heart gold, um, so yes, yeah, so I I remember speaking to her, and I remember di- her like helping me or directing me to a certain area of the shop when I needed something. um And I don't really remember meeting a lot of people that morning in Tesco because, as I later found out, all the volunteers are normally hungover in that stage, and they're all you know staggering around Tesco throwing all kinds in the trolley because they need that hangover food, um or they need you know they need to stay or they um, they, they know what this kind of stuff they want to take back to the village, very aware that they're not going to be able to access any of it. So I'm going around and I was very confident in myself and thought, you know, I, everyone was, everyone kept saying to me, buy snacks, you need snacks, get some snacks, you know, buy Oreos, buy, uh, you know, buy M&Ms, buy, you know, all these snacks. And I'm thinking, uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm looking to maybe, you know, lose weight, but maybe be a bit healthier and just eat the food in the village. So, you know, I, um, I did, avoid, I I mean, in all, in all honesty, I was absolutely fine. I didn't actually need the snacks, but I know a lot of people will disagree with me there and say, no, you need the snacks. You starve in the village. The only way to pass the time is eaten. Um, but no, it, it was enough food in the village for me. So we um, we headed off from Tesco. And that was when we reached the next stage of our um, the funny part of our journey, which was as Connor had passed out in the middle seat. Um, I always remember the first journey because I made sure I got the back right seat because I, I I kind of had this thing. I just like sitting at the back. I used to sit on a plane. If I can sit at the back of a plane, I love those seats or ever sit in the back of a car in the, in the very back. I think it's just I don't like to have people looking over my shoulder. Um, maybe, maybe I'm a bit superstitious like that. But, yeah, so, um, and then we proceeded to then, and that was when I realised that Ollie Jenner was on the same childish wavelength that uh, had the same kind of childish streak that I did. So he sort of, we, you know, we discussed it amongst us and realised that I had a Sharpie pen in my bag and Connor was asleep. So that was when we proceeded to draw a penis onto Connor's forehead as he slept, which he, I think he may have opened his eyes slightly, but then was too drunk to realise, and we had this penis, you know, into into his head, um, which he didn't realise until, I think it must have been the bathrooms at Maycham which was quite a funny reveal. And all the, all the way up until this point, I'm still, you know, still only met these people I'm with, um, not sure who, who else is who and uh it was you know everything's going great we um i remember arriving in Chem and this was like as a, it's another place now that you know when i see i've just um oh i'll tell you what I've, I've got the journey wrong there we sorry on the first journey we stopped at a waterfall which was um it's a sort of on again off again waterfall because sometimes they do take the volunteers to it, but sometimes the thai government start charging for it so we've stopped taking the volunteers there now but um it, it does fluctuate in whichever drive you've got so, yeah, as I say, we um, we did stop there. It was, you know, not an eventful. More risk assessments. They kind of spread the risk assessments out. And that was when we, as I say, we stopped in Chem where we you eat your lunch in Chem And we stopped at a restaurant where we got a, um, what did I have now? I think I had another pad thai. I think they automatically just, at that stage, they were just ordering pad thai for everyone because it was the easy dish. And you could just say, all right, who wants chicken? Who wants vegetarian? Who wants um, vegan? And that was the, you know, that was the easy way to do it. So we had this pad tire and again I was thinking "This is this is different," but you know, really like it. Um, after that, we um, proceeded to head to the Meichem fruit market, which only down the road we stop at like a Seven Eleven, then stop at the fruit market. Seven uh, Elevens are great if you've never been in one. You know, if you ever find one in Thailand, what you want to do is go in. Order yourself a cheese toasty. None of the other ones with the you know rubbishy ham and stuff like that. Just order the pure cheese toasty. I um, mean, an 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 M M&M M bar. Uh, if they still if they if you ever get in thailand by them they became my guilty pleasures when i was lo- um staying there for a longer time so uh i've we headed there and then i bought some fresh fruit from the fruit market i think so i bought some rabbit on and they were you know delicious everything everything there is like grown in the local area so it's literally just you know picked quite recently and brought there so that was when i um we, you know, we headed on the last part of the journey which was you know back to the um back to the village well, or the village for the first time for me this time and uh, i remember getting to the arriving at the village and as soon as you get there they kind of have this thing where all the old volunteers kind of help you with your bags and they throw them sort of on the road for you uh unload the trucks and things and as a new volunteer you go down to the to the base and i'll I'll describe it now so as you as the as the van pulls up to you know drives down this big hill in the village pulls up there's a sign that says huaypacut homestay and then, on your left there's sort of a little trail path down where you pass a little wooden shelter, which is the as I found out the fire pit slash smoking area um and then you come to a little wooden bridge which leads across to the to new base, which is the the main base where all of the volunteers hang around um it was a it's a small you know it's a smallish base uh can't be more than you know ten by ten by well, probably um ten by just over seven eight meters like that um length width with and there's like there's a little office in there which is you know behind a door and um as a so I, well that's that's the next stage anyway i can't actually remember now who gave my base tour but i think it was so this is another character that i'm going to be introducing you to this is leanne leanne rose Fulford the uh that she has a full name the um she's actually was the what we later found out was despite how quiet she was the base manager at the time she'll hate me for saying that because she's had two promotions since that time and since became i think it was project manager and then program manager and she's yeah she's very um she loves being big up for that but uh yeah so i think it was actually Lianya yeah, who gave my village tour uh, sorry my base tour and that was when she showed us around she showed us there's there was as you look on base, you stand out You as you come across the wooden bridge that's on the far left um and then as you look across it leads over to like just this open openness down into the you know the hills and the cornfields ahead of you there's massive forest areas like in front of you with big dips and it's an amazing view from the front of base um so on base we have over to the back right corner there is some bins and we have like all the separate ones recycle cardboard uh you know cans bottles things like that um we have some lunch pegs over to the far right as well where all of our lunch is kept while uh, the homestay families dropped the lunches off there for us uh, over to the right we have a breakfast bar with a microwave toaster, kettle uh, yeah we do have electricity in the village <laughs> as I was very you know happy to find out um, and then you've got some food boxes just around the, under the shelves and things where everyone kind of it's sort of a free for all you have to put a bit of a bit of masking tape on a box write your name in it and hope that you know you no one steals your box or steals your food from your box um, yeah so After that, we, um, over to the left-hand side, we've, we had um, their, they have the boards there, which are like, they have a hike board, so it tells you which hike you're on. They have a, uh, they have like a board in terms of the actual debrief day, so we call it, they call it a debrief, and at 5.45 every day, they do a debrief of what we're going to do for the next day's schedule. So we're at base, and, you know, we've given this tour, we go downstairs then, so then downstairs, there's, which I was very excited about, because one of my, hobbies back home was i don't know probably boring same as a million other people especially all the instagrammers um you know i I like going to gym and i like uh, working out and stuff not to the bodybuilder level as another friend of mine toby craze i'll give him a shout out there um he'll be introduced as well um but yeah so um we uh we headed down there was a full you know a gym with a bench and some weights and i thought oh brilliant you know i can do my workouts you Know, I was single at that point. I thought, you know, maybe get a few um, lookouts from a girl from from the girls there. Um, yeah, so uh, after that, we um, sorry, as I'm recording this podcast, uh, Fox has just come out and he's now looking in a bin, really cute. Uh, I'm a bit disappointed he's gone in the bin now. Oh, and he's rubbed some litter. Um, yeah, sorry, back to back on topic. We are, um, yeah, so after that, we headed to uh, they, they showed us the toilets, which. We have two toilets at base, one Western, which is, you know, normal Western toilet, and one squat toilet, which is kind of like a porcelain stand with just a big hole in the ground. Um, And, you know, at first, I think everyone kind of looks at it and thinks, oh, my God, I'm never going to use that. And once you've lived in the village for a short period of time, you kind of realise, you know what, I'm just going to make do and i actually now prefer it weirdly enough i you know i i kind of love it because i know a lot of the the new volunteers won't use it at base so when they all go to the western one i'm like oh well i can use the squat i mean the squat's great if you're a boy anyway because you know you can have it you can you know you can um go for a wee and not feel the need to you know sort of have to wipe the seat or anything not feel the need to you know lift it up it's you know quite free so um as i say back to um back to the base tour we headed across now it's as i'm as i'm saying this now i've got to be honest i don't remember the base tour completely i've you know been on a five hour journey i remember being briefly shown the other building which was the old base which is literally just it's a lot smaller than new base it's just a deck where there's some chairs some desks it seems like the kind of place the staff all used to hang out and do their their, it was like we call it the quiet base because it's it's where everyone does work. It's where, like, any of the interns on the project did the work, any of the staff did work. Um, and as Miles, as I found out, he does the accounting for the base, so it's, I found out that Miles is kind of... Um, that's where that's where he goes and works, and sometimes he has days where he just won't talk to anyone, and he'll crack his numbers. So uh, after that, it was... Funny enough, actually, Miles, Yes, yeah, So I remember Miles was the one who was assigned to take me to my homestay, and, I'd you know, I hadn't got to know him as well. I remember looking at him thinking... He's clearly, you know, thinks he's very cool. I, obviously, I, I I get on with anyone, I get on with everyone and anyone. But I thought I'd, I'm struggling. How am I going to make conversation with this guy? Because I feel like I'm one of those people who feels like you do need to make conversation. But I remember realizing very short and that he's one of those people that he's not gonna. He doesn't want you to make conversation. He wants to kind of just to if you're going to interact, it's going to be something natural. It's going to be you can comfortably enjoy silence together and sit there and think. Oh well um that you know that was a funny thing that happens let's talk about that it's kind of like you don't need to make the conversation it just flows naturally and uh miles will hate me for saying this um because he'll think that i'm saying he enjoys small talk but he really doesn't he's he's one of those people who you know you can talk to you, you as you you can walk down a road with him in pe- um, after not seeing him for ages in perfect silence and he's, he's quite happy with that he doesn't feel the need to ask you oh, how was your day you know what have you been up to he's he's very much not a one for small talk um yeah so uh as, as i say miles had to take me to my homestay and that was where i was introduced to my first homestay family which was um a lovely woman called wampon which i find out she has three boys who i you know i started teaching as well at the school um very loud boys as well anyone who's lived in the same house if anyone has listened to the podcast and they've lived in that house they'll know that um that's such in a you know such a it's a wild house there's three boys in there who are absolutely crazy. Uh, I, I can probably use the names but i uh i was worried about you know this child protection stuff i'm thinking first names are fine i can use them <laughs> but eh, and dake or gake you know, however you say it um and then so the the family name was uh so that was wampon who's the homestay mum and nuchi is the homestay dad and they were a lovely family like at first i you know i couldn't crack a smile from wampon and i was a bit sort of worried i thought i offended her which a lot of people will feel like that in the village and they'll feel sort of first few days because the the villagers aren't they're not known some of the homesteads are very smiley straight away but some of them are just sort of they're just getting on with their lives they you know they don't feel the need to throw a big smile on their face kind of thing so um yeah but as i say lovely family i got to i got to know them really well and um i spent my i spent a lot of time with them uh, during my stay and felt like i felt i felt at home in their house and so as um a lot of people do when they go over to the project is they all buy SIM cards in Tesco, because obviously you don't get Wi-Fi in the village unless you're one of the staff members who we have a limited Wi-Fi at base. And then uh, the only way you can get like any internet is the the roots roots coffee shop, which I'll talk about in a minute. But so that's a coffee shop in like the centre of the village, and um, funny enough, is right opposite Wampon's house. So despite the fact not buying a SIM card because I wanted to disconnect from the world ended up being um having data in my homestay anyway Uh, Sorry, not having data having wi-fi in my homestay uh because i was able to connect from roots which you know sort of one of those things that i wasn't majorly keen on because i kind of wanted to disconnect but i thought at the end of the day if i do need to contact someone which i spent i did spend some time in the room you know calling some friends from home i called joanne a few times called my friend sarah uh called my dad and uh I think I got my aunties and my nan once and you know it was it did come in handy for that because it meant that you know if I did want to speak to them I could uh which was great um but as I say so that was sort of my my first couple of days in in Chiang Mai and uh back in, into the village of Huay Pakut um which you know ever since I've been back been back loads of times and uh yeah that, that kind of sort of concludes my first podcast on that one um now for the last you know couple of minutes i'm just going to go into sort of uh the the mental health area and i put this podcast in mental health because they didn't have a category for travel and i thought you know it's a good way to broaden the mind in a way so i um i as i say i i uh yeah so i i I was in this you know in in my jobs and stuff back in back in liverpool and i you know a lot of my friends uh i mean introduced to one last person who's quite important actually sort of to lead into other episodes is uh my friend jenny uh jenny cummings she's so she's your typical you know scouse bird sort of wants a hu- she she's she's jen's quite open in telling me she wants to find herself a husband wants to be able to have a few kids and you know what uh maybe she, i think she's trained she's trained to be a teacher now actually jen so she can get her term time holidays which you know that's that's sort of what she wants which is you know fair enough and we literally met working in the great wall uh the chinese restaurant i worked at and one day, she we sort of, we, you know, we clicked in our shifts, we got to know each other, and one day she said to me, do you fancy going for a drink after work? So I said, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to, yeah. And it was, so she was probably the first person I started to, I didn't, obviously I didn't go and get drunk with her, but I did used to, we did used to go out, and we'd always go out after work, and we I'd go and have a shandy, um and then I used to drink non-alcoholic bags which she never stops, you know, ripping into me for. But, um, yeah, so she's a, you know, she she'll she's one of those people who I'll bring on at some stage hopefully if she's willing to do a, a chat and sort of um talk about uh you know how I used to feel before I left that summer and before I'd gone away and made that kind of trip and from the you know first few days of being away I'd sort of I sort of it's not like I'd forgotten about home but I realized that I was in a place where it gives you a perspective on home life and sort of where you are and it makes you realise that even if you're very stressed in your whole environment that you're in at home and, you know, if you're struggling with work, you're getting nervous about, you know, date deadlines and things like that, you start to think, well, is it really worth it? Like, you know, I'm in this village full of these people who are just happy to live in the moment and I'm I'm a big believer in living in the moment. I I do struggle sometimes myself and I know it's one of those things, it's very, it's much easier said than done but I... I, i'm one of those people who says yeah you do need to exist in your current moment and you need to think i'm in that exact moment like right now i need to focus on what i'm doing now and put those other worries you know away from you and out of your mind and i'm as i say i'm a big believer in that i do believe that you know it's something that everyone should sort of have a perspective on um and take that sort of that view and it's sort of like the way i see it is you're stepping out of your in like out of your own body kind of thing and you've got to kind of observe yourself doing something as opposed to you know sort of having being inside your own head and watching it go everywhere. you need to sort of this is whatever i do whenever i'm you know doing any sort of task i kind of imagine that i'm not in my body and i've stepped back and i'm watching myself do that task and I'm by watching myself i start to focus on the task a lot more but yeah so that's that's my little uh, mental health tip for the end of this podcast. Um, I hope you keep listening because I'm going to start telling a few. There's definitely going to be some much funnier stories coming up um, through my experiences in Thailand. But yeah, so that's a bit of a little introduction. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And keep uh, if you are interested, keep tuned in, subscribe and follow me.